BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, the podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Warning retargeting sequence initiated for Helios 1 reflector bags. The Archimedes laser systems will automatically initiate test fire upon completion. But the mirrors outside aren't aimed right, so we're running at 1% efficiency. And I guess that just isn't good enough for some assholes. Have you ever been in a position, like a job, where you are clearly over your head? You don't really know what's going on. You've told your superiors, whoever hired you, your co-workers, that you know what you're doing. That you've got this, but you just don't. Welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This episode is about Helios 1, and I I love this section of the game. I love the quests that go on with this. I love the concept of a solar array that's also connected to a very, very dangerous weapon. But I especially love Fantastic. This individual, this, I mean, he already said the word asshole, so I'm just going to say it again. This asshole who (laughs) thinks that he can just walk into a situation and tell them that he's a theoretical physicist because theoretically he's a physicist uh, (laughs) is so great. Like he's such a interesting character in the midst of such a, I don't know, this is peak fallout stuff right here. The darkness of the situation and yet the ridiculousness of the situation all combined together. So if you haven't played through this part of New Vegas, Fantastic is a character you meet at Helios 1. Helios 1 is a location 
in the Mojave Wasteland where there is a large array of solar panels. This was an attempt to create energy from the sun in order to escape the need for nuclear power, which makes sense. I mean, think about the world that existed before the bombs dropped. They were using nuclear power, which is very useful, but it's also something that creates a lot of nuclear waste. And there's a dangerousness to that. And something like solar power is extremely clean. And it's really interesting years later to look back on this in a world where we are dealing with power issues. We're dealing with the gas prices going up and the nature of global warming is a much more serious thing. This is the hottest summer we've ever had on record. And this idea that back before the bombs dropped, they were working on solutions. And yet this solution is tied to the Archimedes project satellites that can redirect that solar energy into weapons of mass destruction. But I'm going a little bit too far here. Let's let's just start this with Fantastic because I think he's such a fun character. I want you to put yourself in his shoes because I think this isn't something that we do very much uh, with this character specifically, but many characters because we're playing the game from our perspective. We're coming across a character like Fantastic and we're going, oh, this guy, I got to deal with him or hey, this is hilarious. Put yourself in his shoes. Like I started the episode, have you been in a situation where you've been the person who says like, hey, I got this, I can handle it. And then you realize you don't, whether that was intentional or not. Sometimes you just get to a place where you realize that like you're in over your head. Now, in our real world situation, let's say you take on a job where you've said, oh, yeah, I've got the experience to do this and you get hired and then you show up for the job and you're like, OK, wow, this is a, this is a bit more than I understood when I when I got into this, I didn't really realize how much I was kind of, I don't know, fooling myself, maybe fooling them about what's going on here in the in that situation. The stressfulness about that is often the fear of getting found out, but then the results of what also happens once you're found out like, hey, maybe you won't keep this job if you don't keep the job, you don't make very much money. You need to go find another job. There's the stress of having to do all of that. And that's not to be downplayed at all. That's a very stressful situation because you feel like you kind of you're kind of stuck. You got to keep pretending in order to keep doing what you're doing in order to keep surviving. But in our world, survival is a little bit easier than it is in the wasteland. Somebody like Fantastic in this position where he has fooled the NCR into believing that he can manage this facility. <laughs> if he gets found out, if he gets kicked out, I guess I should say, because a number of his co-workers seem to know that he's just doesn't know what he's talking about. But if he gets kicked out of the situation, he's back in the wasteland. If you get kicked out of your job, there's other jobs you can find. It takes a bit. You got to rely on maybe some other people for a place to crash or some food to eat, but we're not living in the wasteland yet. Man, that was dark. Um, in this situation, if he's kicked out of this job, what's he going to go do? 
Like, this is a very cozy situation, and yet stressful all at the same time. So let's get into some details here. Helios 1 is a pre-war Poseidon energy concentrated solar power plant. And this is important because it plays into the details of the events that are happening in New Vegas. A lot of the events are centered around the dam and the power that the dam would supply. Again, a very, very efficient, very clean source of energy for the strip, for the New Vegas strip. And so having a location like Helios 1 nearby is also an important location. Now, it is not centered around the story the same way everything else is, maybe because it's only operating at 1% efficiency. And it's only operating at 1% efficiency other than the fact that it's been centuries now and it's kind of not in the best condition, but because it doesn't have somebody working there who can manage the system and put it back online in a way that's going to be very beneficial. That person is fantastic. And the NCR thinks they're doing what they can, but there's there's more that they could be doing because Fantastic isn't very good at his job. So that's the situation you're in here. Now this, like I mentioned before, also controls two experimental satellite weapon systems, Archimedes and Archimedes II. Now these aren't ordered in number. It's not like th this is Archimedes and then Archimedes that got an upgrade and so they made a second one. They're two of basically the same types of satellites that just happen to be up in orbit. And they're still in orbit. They are still orbiting the Earth. They've been floating around out there in space for 200 years and they are still functional. And if they are powered up, if they are sent the right microwave energy up into the satellites from this location and given coordinates to triangulate a target, they could rain down energy weapon bliss. Well, or laser beams from the sky in order to destroy things at a distance. So this whole situation is a double whammy. Energy for the strip, very powerful weapon. And so you would think that the Brotherhood, the NCR, the Legion, all of them would be all about this location. And when we look into the past, we do find out that this was a major location during the war between the Brotherhood and the NCR. The Brotherhood originally claimed the location and the NCR was fighting against them and they wanted to claim the location as well. But the Brotherhood were overwhelmed. The story goes, the story goes that the Brotherhood were the first ones to discover this facility. They decided to occupy this, and this was a decision that Elder Elijah made. Elder Elijah was tasked by the Brotherhood of traveling into this area in order to find things that they could use, specifically in their conflict against the NCR. So he is very, very important in the connection to this facility, but also the big MT. He plays into the storyline from Dead Money, the DLC expansion. So Elder Elijah decides, okay, we're going to take on this facility. We're going to try to figure out what's going on here, how we can utilize it. And of course, he hits a jackpot, right? This thing potentially could create a lot of energy and has a massive weapon, two massive weapons attached to it. 
This whole thing is called Operation Sunburst, which is a great name for it. The idea of taking the energy from the sun and then returning it into a weapon. That seems really cool. So he decides, okay, this is a very important location. The war heats up with the NCR and he decides that this is a, is a location that's too important to give up. But the NCR is working in numbers that are much higher. You have to remember the Brotherhood has power armor and laser weapons. They, they've got this equipment, but their numbers are much less. And the NCR is fighting a guerrilla war against them. And they set their sights on this location as well. But Elder Elijah does not want to give up this location. And he loses many men to this. The NCR launches an operation to capture Helios 1, and a very large battle takes place. And it doesn't matter that the Brotherhood in this situation was better equipped, because there were just too many NCR and they didn't have reinforcements. So even though they could withstand a lot more, say, I don't know, barrages of, of gunfire and those kinds of things, eventually a man would go down or another man would go down, another soldier, another soldier, and they couldn't refresh their losses. So eventually the NCR won. They had to retreat. More than half the chapter died and in this moment is when Elder Elijah disappears without a trace. I'm going to have to do another episode. We're going to have to dig deeper into who he is because he's an interesting character. So the NCR takes Helios 1 and the Brotherhood retreats to the Hidden Valley location where we find them in the game. The NCR then explores the plants because they're like, okay, there must have been something here that the Brotherhood was trying to control and they discover in this moment that the brotherhood had disabled the plant and activated the solar towers security system to keep the ncr away from the main controls this was the only thing they were able to figure out how to do the entire time that they were there they weren't able to utilize the the systems at all because the system was in disrepair so the ncr being careful here decides to put this entire tower, this entire section of Helios 1 on lockdown, and then they they aren't able to access it at all. This is the section that controls not just the security for the location, but the controls, the power, and the management of the Archimedes satellites. So they don't actually get their hands on that as well. And then this is the moment where they stumble across some poor guy named Fantastic who convinces them that he can manage the system. The controls for gaining power, the, I guess uh, for running the, the actual panels in order to turn sun energy into energy for electricity and that kind of thing is in a different place. That part can be accessed and <laughs> with Fantastic's help, gets it stuck at 1% efficiency. Doesn't raise it to 1% efficiency, it's just that's where it is, and then that's where it's going to be. This is when you stumble into the situation, and you're able to determine what you're going to do with it. And we'll talk about how this can play out after the break, but there is one more individual. There's a man named Ignacio Rivas, 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 
Take care of what you do here and who you listen to. Some things are best left buried with the old world. He's from the followers of the apocalypse. His job was to come here, figure out what was going on, and then make sure that Fantastic and the NCR don't actually figure out the full potential of this location and turn back on the Archimedes project. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, a anniversary diamond orb gear a bunch of other items it is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code maxpool m-a-x-p-o-o-l maxpool don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to marvel strike force for sponsoring this episode bet mgm has an unreal deal for sports fans in virginia turn five dollars into 150 dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet mgm simply download the bet mgm app and sign up using code champion 150 then place a five dollar wager on any sport you'll receive 150 dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome and if you think the fun stops there the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store check out daily promotions same game parlays live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. Welcome to the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank our brand new patrons. We've got three more who signed up in the last week. MK, Bennett F, and Mikey T. Thank you for your support. You guys are amazing. If you are interested in getting ad-free episodes, episodes early, joining us on future episodes, or getting in to make sure that you can get, before the end of this month, that first set of stickers and t-shirts, before the month runs out. 
So tier three gets stickers, tier four or higher gets t-shirts. If you go, somebody asked about this earlier uh, this week. If you do sign up for tier four, you don't also get the stickers. It's either stickers for tier three or t-shirts for tier four or higher. And if you sign up now, you get the first year of t-shirts as long as you stay signed up every three months. And then starting next month, you'll start collecting the second set of shirts. So three months after that starts. So it would be if you sign up, say, in September, then three months later, you'll get the first shirt from the second year. So you can actually get both years still as long as you sign up before September. So that's a huge deal. That's awesome stuff. The T-shirts look awesome. Go look. I've got some images up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash lorecast. You can check that out. If you want to see the designs for the new shirts, I put them up on the Discord already. I shared them over on Discord. I got them finished. I think they look awesome. They're featuring symbols from some of the factions in Fallout. And we started with some of the main factions for year one, the Brotherhood, the Enclave, stuff like that. We're going a little bit deeper. I think you guys might like some of these other factions. So go check that stuff out. I will post the images on Patreon as well. Also, I've got to shout out our sentry bots. I'm the creeper germinator. Thank you so much for your support and all 59 of the patrons right now. Thank you so much. I couldn't do this without you guys. You keep the show going. I really appreciate it. You guys are amazing. And as usual, another thing that you can do to help out the show is to drop it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening on if it does allow you to rate and review. If you leave a review on a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it out on a future episode of the show. That helps a ton. Also, just tell your friends, anybody else that you hang out with, hey, go check out the show. I think you'll enjoy it. So I appreciate the support. You guys are the best. Thank you to all of our patrons and everyone who listens and helps me out. I really appreciate it. If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them. So if we go back in time and we take a look at what was happening at Helios 1 before the bombs dropped, then we have, like with many other situations in the Fallout games, some events that were happening and building to something and then they were cut off. They didn't get to finish what they were doing because the war happened. And we get this story a lot. The version of this for Helios 1 is they did test powering up the facility in order to test out the Archimedes weapon system. But it basically fried the local area. It didn't work. This was a military operation. It was headed by Brigadier General Scott Lowe back back before the bombs dropped, and they did one test of the weapons. But we're told that the test caused a two and a half minute downtime at this facility and system frying power fluctuations at nearby installations, including Black Mountain, Hidden Valley. It's like the the test was pulling too much energy from not only this facility, but the whole entire grid. And it knocked things out for a bit and that's no good that's dangerous to the local community it's dangerous to these other facilities that probably need power consistently and don't need their electronics fried every time the archimedes system spins up and that's all that they were able to do was this one test and then the war happened 
and they weren't able to use it anymore. This would have been a very beneficial weapon had it been fully online during the war. Think about it. You've got nuclear bombs dropping. Why not have laser beams coming out of the sky? But they weren't able to get it online. Now, your character is able to work on the system and and get things back online yourself, which allows you to activate the Archimedes system for a test fire. This can be very tragic for the NCR. You see, if you do bring this back online and you do test fire the Archimedes system, then you will wipe out all of the NCR forces outside. And of course, this will destroy your reputation. This is a severe reputation drop. Strangely, though, it doesn't affect your karma. You don't have a loss of karma at all. Now, if you do this at certain times during the storylines and quests that you're working on, then Caesar's Legion will move in. There are moments where you can actually do this and they don't take the facility. And it's one of those quirks, I think, with the complexity of a game like this. This is another thing that you see in New Vegas a lot, where if you do certain things at certain times during the quests, when when the quests know that you're working on stuff, then a certain result, like the standard result, will apply. If you do things in a different way, sometimes that result just doesn't apply, even though it would make sense that maybe the Legion would take it over. But it they don't. And I think that's just like, like a meta programming the, the quest lines thing. It's like one of those details where they didn't consider later on that like, oh, here's this other option. We need to also apply this to it. But that's neither here nor there, because once you actually do this, the NCR are gone. Caesar's Legion occupies the place. And we're told that they're only taking it to basically hold it over the NCR's head. It's like they they admit that they don't even need it. They don't even see the value of the facility, which is so strange to me because there's value in the Hoover Dam, but there's no value in this facility here. And maybe that has to do with the lifestyle of the Legion. Maybe that has to do with, I don't know, wanting to burn everything down rather than harness the power for themselves. Maybe it's a a cocky thing where they're like, ah, oh, we've got we've got this on lockdown. We don't need laser beams from the sky. Or maybe they just find it too dangerous and unable to actually manage themselves. And so they're not too worried about it. There is one other thing that this affects, though. Remember, we started out talking about fantastic at the beginning of the episode. If you decide to wipe out the NCR. Fantastic is left alive. Fantastic survives. And if you go back to the location, Fantastic will be wearing Legion armor. And remember Ignacio Rivas? 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 I don't know how to say these names. He will have killed Ignacio. And when confronted about this, he'll say, Hey man, when in Rome which I think is a great term for, for justifying what he's doing. But, oh man, this it gets dark, you know? It gets dark. So let's talk about some of the other little details here. We've got Helios 1. Helios means the sun, right? That's 
pretty evident. I think most of us realize that. Archimedes is interesting because Archimedes is the um, the uh, real world mathematician, physicist, engineer, inventor, and astronomer of ancient Greece. He was a prevalent character. He comes up in a lot of things. Like you'll hear the name Archimedes on occasion as a reference or a, a name for a thing or a character. This is all referencing a real world person that existed a very long time ago. He is particularly interesting because he came up with what is called the Archimedes heat ray. This is a really cool concept to be designed back in. Let's see. What year was this back in two back in the 200s B.C. Times of ancient Greece. This is over 2000 years ago. Comes up with this concept of taking a bunch of mirrors and lining them up so that they all focus on the same location. So you take and reflect the light of the sun into one location. That location being the sails of, say, an enemy ship. And if you've ever taken, for example, a gone outside with a magnifying glass and aimed it at a specific location, say on a leaf or something, that magnifying glass will focus all the light into one place. That energy from that light heats up and then will set the leaf on fire. This is exactly the same kind of idea is that if you take a lot of light from a different from different locations, all reflecting from very large mirrors into one location that you're putting all of that light in one spot. And it will set the, the ship on fire. This seems extremely v- cool, like extremely beneficial in ancient warfare, because basically he invented shooting lasers at enemy ships 2000 plus years ago. Such a cool concept. And this may have actually happened historically. According to the Wikipedia article, it says, Archimedes may have used mirrors acting collectively as a parabolic reflector to burn ships attacking Syracuse. The second century author Lucian wrote that during the siege of Syracuse, this is in 214 to 212 BC, Archimedes destroyed enemy ships with fire. Centuries later, Arthemus, Arthemius of Trails mentions burning glasses as Archimedes' weapon. The device, sometimes called the Archimedes heat ray, was used to focus sunlight onto approaching ships, causing them to catch fire. In the modern era, similar devices have been constructed and may be referred to as the heliostat or solar furnace. The reported weapon has been the subject of an ongoing debate about its credibility since the Renaissance. Rene Descartes, I think therefore I am, philosopher Rene Descartes, rejected it as false while modern researchers have attempted to recreate the effect using only the means that would have been available to Archimedes. It has been suggested that a large array of highly polished bronze or copper shields acting as mirrors could have been employed to focus sunlight onto a ship. How freaking cool is this? Now, I would imagine that the writers were aware of this. And so that's why they called this the Archimedes project. I don't know if it's actually called the Archimedes project, but why the satellites themselves were titled Archimedes and Archimedes II. 
I, I just think it's so cool because I mean, it's just a one to one correlation almost, right? You're taking the energy from the sun, all of these panels that are absorbing the light, you're redirecting it to a satellite and then combining all that energy together to shoot one big old beam at whatever it wants to blow up and set on fire. It's the modern day equivalent of what Archimedes was doing, which is so freaking cool. Now, like some of the other locations in New Vegas, this location is actually based on a real world place. The Nevada Solar One. Did I say Nevada? No, Nevada Solar One, which is southwest of Boulder City, Nevada, along Highway 95, which is similar to where it is in the game map. The facility bears a strong resemblance to the Ivan Pa Solar Power Facility, which is located on Interstate 15 near Prim, Nevada. So it's actually drawing from these two real world locations for inspiration, one for the location and the other for the design of the facility, which is pretty cool. Now there is one other little Easter egg in this section that I wanna bring up, and it has to do with the passwords used for the computer terminals. And this is an old reference. I'm, I'm getting up there in age myself, but this is an old reference I rem when I saw this, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this is totally a thing. Do you remember the movie Sneakers? We've talked about movie influences in Fallout before, and it totally makes sense that they're pulling a movie movie influence right here. Sneakers was a film not about your Nikes. It was about Robert. Uh, what's his name? Robert Redford. Oh, yeah. Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier, like these famous actors having to deal with like government cover up and trying to hack into stuff. It they were about, it was sneaking, right? The idea that they were sneaking around in order to prove that he wasn't the person that they were trying to kill or whatever. I don't remember the details, but um, there are two passwords in Helios one that are directly related to the movie. So the first one says too many secrets. And the other one is my voice is my password. Both of these are references from the sneakers movies. So if you're a movie buff, if you're somebody who remembers this, it's been a long time. This came out in 1992. This is an old film at this point. It's probably been since 1992 that I've seen it. So I don't exactly remember where in the film those apply, but I've got this vague image of like dude working on 19 early 1990s computer that was impossible at the time, but looks archaic by today's standards and then using these as passwords to hack into something like they were hackers, right? Which was like a cool thing back in 1992. So, and there you go. Thanks for tuning in. I will be back next week with another regular episode. I will also be streaming on Twitch on the robots radio channel. I've been doing this a lot more again. Usually the schedule will keep to during the days on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, but other times as well. So come on by and say hi. A number of you, I was actually streaming yesterday and like four different people popped in and we're like, hey, you're from the Fallout Lorecast. That's how I found you. So like this is my way of hanging out with the community, getting to chat with you guys all in one place, making it easy to kind of build more of that community out. So come hang out, talk to me, get to know some other Fallout fans. Let's let's just hang out together. Let's play some games. I won't always be playing Fallout. I'll be playing lots of different stuff, but I think you guys might enjoy some of these other games as well. So come hang out, twitch.tv slash robots radio. I'll see you next week. 
Stay safe out there. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.